0: Come on, lift your voice and be deliberate. Lift your voice and be very deliberate. Come on, lift your, lift your voice and thank Him. Lift your voice and thank Him. Lift your voice and thank Him. Be very deliberate. You thank Him for all the provisions He has given to you, thank Him for saving you from destruction thank him be very deliberate thank him for the food he has provided for you for the water he has provided for you thank him for giving you a place to sleep for giving you clothes to wear you may think these things are little things but I'm telling you this is life begin to thank him deliberately thank him for everything he has done for the little moments you have been receiving thank him how your school fees was paid thank him You have redemption. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord. We are deliberate about thanking you. We are so grateful for everything you've done for us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Just lift up your hands to the heavens. And just close your eyes. Father of glory, we bless you we are here in your name we are gathered here because of you not because of us we submit to you we adore you you are so beautiful we thank you for who you are and we praise you for you are omnipotent the omniscient God the omnipresent one you are holy You are gracious, you are just, you are full of love and compassion. We adore and honor you for your majesty, for you are faithful and we are grateful. We ask that this morning you flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your son Jesus Christ. We ask that Lord you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruit unto every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God we ask that father you teach us your counsel today cause my words to come not in word only but in power and in the holy ghost and in much assurance and conviction bring transformation to your people as we sit at your feet enlightening us open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things from thy word we thank you lord for bringing us heart transformation beyond behavior modification and that jesus you will lord over our lives and we will submit and yield to your lordship We give you praise and we thank you for today, in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, please be seated. All right, so there are some empty seats here, so please, um, uh, we can fill those seats here, so that others can... So, uh, the seats must be full before you, you, anyone sits in the overflow room, hallelujah. So you're welcome to our second service today. I'm so glad and excited to see everyone here. You look so beautiful and powerful, hallelujah. And We are currently live on Facebook so what you want to do um, for us this afternoon is to become an evangelist by sharing this video. Just go to Love and Grace City Church or Isaac Love Papo on Facebook and then uh, share the video there so that many people can hear this message and be transformed and blessed together. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give you just some few um seconds to do that so you can reduce the volume whilst you're doing that so that uh, it doesn't uh, distract the service thank you holy spirit we love you we love you lord jesus you are good we love you i sense the presence of god so strongly this morning and i really believe that you will never be the same hallelujah praise god all right so we began a series On what we call the 10 pillars of a disciple's growth. And we began to explain that a Christian does not grow just because he is a Christian. And we said that there are certain pillars that contributes to the growth of a child of God. And every child of God must understand that growth must be something that you must strive for. It is not something we just desire. It is something we work towards. I explained the other time that the next best thing after being a Christian is spiritual growth. If you read the book of... um first timothy chapter 2 the verse 4 the bible says god who wills that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so god does not just want us to be saved as his ultimate will his ultimate will is also that we will arrive at a certain body of truth that contributes to our spiritual growth and spiritual health and we said that as a disciple of jesus christ god doesn't intend that we become church members there are a lot of churches we go today we have more members in the church than disciples of jesus it's one thing to be a member of a church it's another to be a disciple a disciple is one who is disciplined by the lord a disciple is one who follows jesus christ so it's one thing to belong to a church it's one thing to be tutored by jesus christ so we said that there are 10 pillars that contributes to the uh, spiritual growth of a disciple of jesus christ and we said the first pillar is number one obedience-based word mastery we have explained that the word of god is an ultimate pillar that contributes to the growth of a christian Without the word of God, no disciple of Jesus Christ can grow. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, the verse 4, the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, the verse 2, the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If you read Hebrews chapter 5, the verse 14, the Bible says, Strong meat belongs to them who are of full age of my chored who have by reason of use have learned to discern both good and evil so the bible calls the word of god bread it calls it milk it calls it meat elsewhere in jeremiah he calls it um honey elsewhere he calls it cake So the word of God is spiritual food for the believer. And any believer that begins to engage and practice the habit of reading the Bible, studying the Bible, memorizing the Bible, and meditating on the word of God, that believer soon will become a giant of God who will begin to grow spiritually. Hallelujah. So we said the first pillar is obedience-based mastery. Number two, we said the second pillar of a disciple's growth is what we call prayer, fasting, and solitude. A Christian begins to grow who begins to take his prayer life serious. And I'll tell you, one of the main reasons why Satan is fighting the prayer life of so many Christians and averagely, when you count 10 believers, only one has a prayer life. And that is a shame because the devil has successfully disconnected so many Christians from God. I've always been using a scenario to explain the essence and vital um, um, essence of prayer. I said I went to a prayer camp to do some waiting and I had a Bluetooth headset on my ears. So I connected the Bluetooth headset to the phone and I began to listen to music. So while I was praying and listening to the music, I began to go farther away from the phone. And suddenly the song began to break and i still kept going further away from the phone then suddenly i heard disconnected then suddenly i heard off so three things happened number one there were breakages in a song as i was disconnecting from the phone as i was going further away from the phone suddenly i had disconnected then switched off So I quickly ran back and I came to the phone, then I heard on, then I heard connected, then the song started playing and God said, this is the devotional life of prayer. God is that phone, the Bluetooth is me and you. Anytime we go farther away from God, we keep skipping our prayer lives. We know we have to spend some time with God in fellowship and we keep skipping. It may seem as though everything is still functioning. But guess what? You will soon be disconnected from God and soon they will be switched off. Now listen. The purpose and the function of the Bluetooth arrives because the phone is playing. In other words, the function of that Bluetooth is functioning because of the phone. So, if the phone stops playing, the Bluetooth will lose its function. And that tells us that the function of every believer is hinged on how God flows through him. And we need to understand that prayer is how we allow God to flow through us. Listen, prayer is not first of all getting things from God. Prayer is a relationship. Before Adam came, everything Adam needed materially was already provided. So if I ask you, God came in the cool of the day to communicate and fellowship with man. So what was Adam asking God? If everything Adam needed materially was already available. That tells us that the primary uh, uh, definition for prayer is not asking for needs the primary definition for prayer is communication with God is fellowship with God is engaging intimacy with God and every Christian must understand that the purpose of prayer is not to first change things in your life but first of all to change you and anytime you have constant fellowship with God through prayer you begin to change the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 20, chapter 9, the verse 28, the Bible says, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. It was changed. It was transformed. That means there is transformation that begins to happen to us when we begin to develop a life of prayer. You may not see it happening instantly, but trust me, something is happening to you. You know why? Because in prayer, you rub with God. And anytime you rub with God, God's glory affects your life. God's power affects your life. God's wisdom affects your life. God's knowledge affects your life. So what happens is that we mingle with God and we begin to find His expression through us. So prayer is the second pillar of a disciples growth. Number three is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have explained to you that the Holy Spirit is not a thing oil is not the holy spirit, a dove is not the holy spirit, water is not the holy spirit these are symbols that represent the holy spirit but actually the holy spirit is number one God number two he is a person and we need to know that anytime we are engaging fellowship with the holy spirit we are engaging fellowship with the person one of the most neglected beings we can ever find is the holy spirit He lives in every Christian, but not every Christian has recognized the presence, the power, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But actually, any believer who does not recognize the presence and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life is a believer that will lose so much. Because God gave the Holy Spirit to you to help you, to guide you into all truth, to lead you, to organize your life, to help you to grow as a child of God. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit is everything. I pray that this morning the Lord will help you to have fellowship with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Number four, we said the fourth pillar is Christ-like character. Any disciple of Jesus Christ that wants to experience spiritual growth cannot do away with the holiness and Christ-like character. Are we already like Jesus Christ? Yes, that's positional. But it's a place where we have to become like Jesus. That's experiential. And every Christian must understand that it's a pursuit to become like Jesus Christ. Christ Christ-like character is a pillar of a disciple's growth. So if your believer that finds pleasure in enjoying sin, you'll be a believer that will choke your spiritual life from flowing. You have explained that. You can go and find our teaching on our podcast that I believe your life will never be the same. Number five, which is the fifth pillar of a Christian's uh, or a disciple's growth is evangelism, soul winning, and discipleship making. Every believer must eventually become a soul winner. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, and he gives some to be apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. So we need to understand that the purpose of we are teaching like this is to equip you. It is to build you. It is to furnish you so that you can be able to do the work of ministry. So many times, many Christians think, okay, coming to church is coming to hear the word of God, see how far with your life and live. Actually, God's intent for blessing us with ministry gifts, like the prophet, the teacher, and all that, is so that you will be perfected. Not only perfected, but do the work of ministry. So God's goal is that his sons will become ministers. who become ministers of the gospel, who can be able to reach out to people and impact the life of Christ into their lives. Number six, we said the seed pillar of a disciple's growth is love and Christian fellowship. And we explained that last week. How many were around last week? Wonderful. So, because of our time, we go to today's message. It is it's going to shock you quite a bit but by the time we are through you understand the seventh pillar of a disciple's growth meaning you see all these pillars i'm just mentioning without them in your life it will be very difficult for you to see spiritual development or spiritual growth so i need you to pay attention carefully now this the seventh pillar of a disciple's growth is what we call facing life challenges And today, I'm going to shock you. Facing life challenges. It's unfortunate that the church has not been taught this thing I'm teaching you very well. Because what we heard about life challenges is that the Christian is not supposed to go through problems. And because the Christian is not well equipped in understanding the purpose and the role of challenges and problems and troubles in the life of the Christian faith. Many Christians are overwhelmed and are shocked when they go through diverse trials thinking that God is not with them. You don't understand this thing. Some have gotten to the place where they have become so overwhelmed because they were not expecting any problem to come to their life. So now they are shocked and say, Lord, My Lord, why have you forsaken me? Facing life challenge is a pillar of a disciple's growth. Now, listen to me. If you are a Christian who cannot be able to face life challenge and win, you can't advance God's kingdom and you cannot be a fruitful Christian that will bring impact to your generation. Are you you paying attention to this thing? Now, we need to understand that life problems are part of the Christian journey. In fact, life challenges and problems are the food for the Christian journey. We feed on them. suffering struggles hardships challenges are part of the Christian life you can write that down if you don't have your notebook you can write it on your phone because you can't keep everything I'm teaching here in your head they are part of the Christian life number two every Christian needs to understand that we are designed to face challenges and overcome them Your design was that you should face challenges and overcome them. And I read one verse in Proverbs chapter 24, the verse 10, and I saw what many believers are facing today. The Bible says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. That means one way of knowing that a believer is strong and has enough spiritual capacity is not that he can blow in good tongues. One of the ways a believer can be, can be known as one who has spiritual strength is that he is able to stand in the day of adversity. So when you find that Christian asking God why are you? I'm disappointed in you. Make them out. He says, your strength is small. That means all this while, you were a professing believer. Without knowing that all the things... See, listen, listen. When we are teaching like this to Christians, you need to understand that it is like a lecturer lecturing you and preparing you for exam. Unfortunately, the Christian exam is not pen and paper. It is life. And he says that, when down faint in the day of adversity, that's your exam. See, challenges are examination. There are Christians who fail. Why? Because they were not prepared. Students who fail are students who did not prepare well for the examination. Christians who fail in the time of adversity were Christians who did not have strength. please this message will change somebody's life today i know what i'm saying hallelujah i'm going to give you shocking scriptures in the bible number one the first shocker. are you ready for the first shocker first peter chapter 4 the verse 12 this is the first shocker i, I have been reading my bible throughout but I, this scripture came alive i was like whoa i've been reading this all this while look he says beloved think it not strange concerning the very trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You see, time you are shocked when you face a challenge, that means you didn't understand Bible. He says, do not think it's strange. Ah that means every Christian must be familiar with troubles. when he comes, oh, you're around. Yeah, yeah, you're around. Think it not strange. See, challenges should not be strange to a believer. He says, when the fiery trials, which is to try you. So, what is the purpose of fiery trials? To what? Try you. That means it is to test you as though something strange has happened to you. You want to die. You want to commit suicide. Because instead of having an A, you are a C. Hey. <laughs> oh, hey, more hey. He said, hey, this is nothing strange. You see, the reason why we said number seven facing life challenges is a pillar is because many Christians have failed there. I, I heard of a Christian who, who said that she would not go for uh, campus meetings again because it was the campus meeting that took her time. That was what made her fail her exam. So now when we are going for prayer meetings and doing Bible study, you see her with her school bag, watching us like that. When am mommy feeling? Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? She still failed. Wow. <laughs> Scripture number two, Second Corinthians, chapter four, the verse seventeen. Now, watch that. He says, Chapter four, the verse seventeen. He says, For what? now we are going to read together one, two, let's read loudly, go oh, Hold on how does Paul describe Christian affliction? Yes. it doesn't matter what you're going through assistance now, but according to God, it's light no today I'll blow your mind so Mrs. Timer, hold on. <laughs> I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. He calls it light, which is bad for a moment. In other words, challenges were designed to be, to be momentary. But your attitude toward, is, toward it can prolong it. <laughs> this is a shocker your attitude toward that challenge determines how long it will stay because it was designed to be only for a moment so if you don't have what it takes to stand life challenges when it hits you what is going to happen is that you will prolong it because you will not have the emotion the tenacity the fortitude to be able to stand it so what happens is that it overwhelms you it frustrates you it depresses you and guess what you remain in it now look at Matthew chapter 4 the verse sorry Mark chapter 4 the verse 36 to 39 I'm going to shock you today because I, 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 I didn't understand why I was seeing that how come Jesus was in the same boat with disciples and the boat was sinking and the disciples were shocked because they saw the one that healed the sick raised the dead lying down in the boat and they assume that there's no need to call upon him. He should be able to save us. And the storms were coming. Let me tell you something. The fact that Jesus Christ is in your life does not mean you don't know have to leave. They were in a boat. The Bible says, "Sent away the multitude, took him even as he was in the ship, and they were also with him." in other little ships. Now look, he says, And there rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Next verse. He says, and he was in the hidden part of the sea, asleep on the pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish. Now, what this scripture is just trying to tell us, that these people were in a ship sailing, that was a journey. In our journey and our walk with God, Jesus was in the boat, yet there was a storm. Meaning you can be a Christian, having Christ in your life, Holy Ghost filled, tongue speaking believer, and still storms will hit you. strong storms, strange storms I want to share some life experiences that happened to certain people and you, you wonder how come they are so standing there was a man of God, he was fasting the last day he was, he was, he was on a fast driving with his wife they had an accident their wife died whilst he was fasting whilst he was fasting what question is he going to ask God because if you know the benefits of fast one of them is deliverance Look at the next scripture james one the verse two he says my brethren he's giving us an attitude towards trials the word temptation is trial he says count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations next verse knowing this that the trying of your faith will at patience so the goal of tragedy the goal of challenge is to make you patient Come to the verse 12 and see. Verse 12. Quickly. He says, Blessed is the man that endureth trial. When he's tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Listen. Your attitude towards life challenges determines your crown. That means part of Christian rewards is going to be earned to those who went through challenges and their faith was not affected. Their prayer life was not affected. Their relationship with Jesus was not affected. It was still intact. Second Corinthians chapter now, come to Philippians chapter 4 the verse 11 to 13 Paul says not that I speak in respect of one for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in to be content now look at the next verse now Paul is going to shock us he says I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need now Paul is giving us the skill of his apostleship And the skill he describes is that he learned to do two things. To live in abundance when there is more. And to live in lack when there is no more. And that is what many believers can do. The moment a believer becomes broke, he says God is not with me. Lord, where are you? Is that how life is? Paul said he learned to master these two things. Listen, if you're a Christian that will stand for Jesus Christ, you must learn these two things. When there's abundance, learn to live. When there's lack, learn to live. Have you ever lived on five cities for one week before? Hmm. remember the first verse. He says, think it not strange. And you know the amazing thing? <laughs> no matter how anointed you are, no matter how righteous and holy you are, no matter how good you are outwardly, challenges will still hit you. And it seems it's not fair. You can write this down. challenges are bound to happen but your attitude towards it really matters challenges are bound to happen but your attitude towards it really matters now next point I need you to note before you leave this meeting today Hmm. Christianity live to its fullest involves struggles Christianity that is lived to the fullest involves struggles. That means the details and content of Christianity can never be fully excavated until struggles are involved. God can never get the best out of you as a Christian if he does not allow struggles to hit you. Are we following this thing? Now, I'm going to state a group of challenges that have come to many believers and they didn't know that they were challenged. When you find yourself in any of these categories, it's a challenge. That means you fall into this preaching. Number one, lack. You know lack? You know lack? Brokey. You know brokey? Uh, what's, give me another synonym for it. No money. No money that, that, that's good. Another synonym? Empty pocket, okay? Empty wallet. Uh-huh. What? I love that. Dry. That's the best word. So just write dry. <laughs> so, number one is luck. It's a challenge. See, you will face one. But the truth of the matter, not everybody will have luck because some of you, your parents are rich. So you may look at this category and just say, hmm, out. (laughs) All right. Let's (laughs) number two. Let's move on. Oberti says, see, I am (laughs) called. Number two, criticism. People start saying all kinds of things about you. Things that are not even true. You, You hear everything you do is not people, they just don't like it. That's number two. Number three, rejection. You are rejected. (laughs) There's a difference between bouncing and rejection. Number four, loneliness. Number five, extreme fatigue. Number six, quickly pressure. What's the next one? Number seven, what disappointment? Number eight, loss of a dear one. Next one, you don't even need to number it divorce. Next, health challenge. Next point, loss of job. Next point, suffering pain. Quickly, next, frustration. Next point, confusion. Next point, a heart attack. Oh, you've not seen a Christian who prays very well and still had a heart attack. You, you don't know this thing. And now some people start asking questions. But this, but he, he was a very strong Christian. Let's move on. I'm robbery attack. I have seen people who left prayer meeting on their way, they were they were robbed. <laughs> okay. And they were cut or wounded. I'm robbery attack. It's a challenge. Next point. Fraud. You were defrauded. Next one. Accident. There was a time after praying five hours on my way going, I had an accident with my car. I said, Lord. (laughs) Let's go. Pressure to quit your job. Next one. Pressure to compromise your faith. Next one. Academic failure. Next one, natural disaster. Like this rain, your house was flooded. You lost your laptop, you lost your phone, you lost your bed. Okay, the bed, you can dry (laughs) it. Documents missing out of it. Next point, defeat. this is just to name a few and I'm sure everybody here has fallen into one of these categories if you have not fallen into them please you are an angel you don't deserve to be in this meeting hallelujah now I want us to see some fallacies about life challenges that we need to overcome as Christians if not it will affect us because sometimes even we preachers have not preached the thing very well in an attempt to encourage you we have said things you are not supposed to say to Give you morale, meanwhile, that morale is poison. Now, the first fallacy about life challenges you have to know is that every challenge is demonic and calls for deliverance. Every challenge is demonic, a free nephew, you know, you know, sometimes. There are some challenges that come there are people who say every challenge you receive is a demon from somewhere it is a power from somewhere it's, it's coming from your mother's side it's coming from your father's side many christians have not been able to categorize challenges very well so we don't know what is coming from the camp of the enemy now god sent a fish to swallow jonah if jonah was in our time question who sent the bonzo? god so meaning there can be challenges and God is behind it he's behind it and many Christians have that wrong mentality that anytime the believer has a challenge that means he's a demon so we don't see what God is doing and what the devil is doing anymore and we need to understand that not every challenge or problem that hits a believer that is coming from Satan Please, We have to clear this fallacy. The second fallacy is that believers must never lack. I heard someone say it's a sin to be poor. When Jesus said the poor you always have with you. Now I'm not advocating poverty because I can't be poor. but we need to understand the, you see, the place of lack in a man's life the fact that you lack something does not mean you are a poor man the fact that you lack something now or you don't have something now does not mean that's how it's going to be for the next two years oh, I'm, I'm teaching good here man So, so that means that means that that just just by the way. So that means that if you are working with a guy who does not have anything now. Okay, okay, let's. <laughs> 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 Can I end here? Uh, move on. <laughs> should I should I move on with this thing? Now, if you want to, if you want me to move on, say yeah, yeah. Okay, let's linger around that area. So. <laughs> Someone said, if you follow a man with a television and leave a man with vision, you'll soon watch the you'll soon watch the man with vision on your television. <laughs> I repeat if you leave a man of vision for a man of television you will soon be watching the man of vision on your television ah, and that's quite deep because ah but take care my <laughs> okay <laughs> so listen lack can be very temporal it may be a challenge that may hit somebody but you got to be careful because you see that fallacy that a Christian must not lack anything is so dangerous most of the apostles didn't have any money does it mean they sinned please don't be ashamed when you have lack I've seen people who are so ashamed when they don't have money. So instead of boarding Trotro, they bought Uber and they can't go home. Listen, don't be ashamed eh, of your temporal situation. It is part of life journey. Don't be that big boy. Don't be that big girl. Listen, live in that day. Enjoy that life now. Enjoy it because you know it will, it will not last long. So you'll be, you'll be rejoicing in the midst of that pain because you know, it is part of the training process. But in the midst of that training, you want to live like a big boy, bro, you become big boy wizzy. <laughs> when I was dating my wife, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I can tell you, I didn't have anything. It's not that I still have something. <laughs> but I'm telling you, see, I, I, I didn't have anything. The only thing I had was anointing on my head. <laughs> and all these young guys who had cars when they closed church, you know, they are driving with their air conditions and we were walking. And we were walking in swag. I, I'm telling you, we were walking in swag because I was a man. I, I saw what God was going to do in my life. So so I can hold their hands and we'll be someone we dream pop on the road and we are moving like that. Ethiopia, Ethiopia, we are moving. With nothing in my pocket. I'll finish as I was a prophet by then. I was a prophet by then. I went home with Trotro. with nothing nothing. tell somebody nothing withholding nothing a doctor came that he wanted to marry the doctor had a clinic wanted to take this lady And my wife started telling me that they, they said this. This doctor said he wants me. I said these foolish doctors that have come, <laughs> they will just break your heart. These people don't mind them. Uh, it was people put in name. That was it. It was a strategy. That's how they are. They will just promise you, they'll break your heart. i they realize they're cheating on you. <laughs> Pushing the fire. inside like, yeah. There was another guy that came along the way. He was bearing my name also. And guess what? He was a car dealer. Hey! Changing cars. This one come. This one will come. I didn't have a car. Things we did because of lack. One time, I, in my foolishness, I said, if anybody takes your number, tell him that you're already having a boyfriend. I said, ah, baby, I can't say that to so someone. How can I go and say that? I said, say it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so, what if she left me? Wow. Uh, yeah. So, you see, uh, you see, I want you to understand that, listen, that that statement that if you have lack that means that uh, uh, it's a problem give me scripture that lack is a problem at least to the best of my knowledge lack is a gift because it helps you to save and think if you don't have enough do you eat anything you want to eat so you see some of you and what God is doing is that He's teaching you to manage so when abundance comes you can be able to oh you understand this thing it's part of God's plan no see we need to get this thing right now quick because of time let's go to the third fallacy challenges in the life of a believer is a sign of lack of faith challenges in the life of a believer is a sign of lack of faith that's another fallacy I have seen people who go through challenges and people are saying they don't have faith. Do you know the amount of faith they have to even go through that problem in the first place? And those people who are saying they don't have faith, if it was them in that situation, I am telling you, they would have died. Some few years ago, there was a doctor came that said that a believer who takes medicine does not have faith. I, I took it over. Until Yarebi bomb me pa. Oh my goodness. Eh? Confess everything. Did everything. I didn't call. The only thing was to take uh, chloroquine. I took it for three days. I was fine. Now I started, I started analyzing this thing. There was one guy also. He said, no, 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 no. It's faith. He can't take He doesn't take medicine. He, he doesn't take medicine. Uh, it was malaria. I want Dino. Take the medicine. Take the medicine. He said, The life of God is in me. have <laughs> so. i want to take the medicine he said no the life of god is in me three days the family left him there after four days he said bring the medicine <laughs> and and the sister of that guy said ah but i thought you said get away and don't bring the medicine The devil does not want me to teach this thing. He doesn't like it. So, at the point, I started analyzing. I said, ah, even the pomade we use in our hair is medicine. Toothpaste is medicine. So, if you are saying we shouldn't take medicine, then we must not brush our teeth. We must not apply uh, pom- we, we must not even use medicated soap because it's medicated. Then I said, no, 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 no. this thing... You know, you can trust God to work in divine health. But in case something hits you, there's nothing wrong. You have not sinned if you take medicine. Please, are you getting this thing? So it's not that you you lack faith. No! Now, let's continue. Number, number, what, what number is that? Number four. Going through challenge means there is sin in your life. Going through challenge means there is sin in your life. There's some sin you are committing, that's why you're going through that challenge. It's another fallacy. What sin did Joseph commit? What sin did Job commit? In fact, in Job 1 1, the Bible says he was a devout man, he was a holy man. So you need to understand that you must not commit sin to go through life challenges. It doesn't see. So I've seen believers who got discouraged because they said, "Lord, I have lived a holy life all this while. I have kept my virginity all this while." And Lord, how there are people who are sleeping with each other, and those people look at them and look at me. Hey, be careful! Be very careful! Be very careful! Because you don't have to do anything bad thing to go through life challenge. It is part of the Christian faith. You will go through it. I am telling you this thing. Let's do it for because of the teaching. Number what number is that? That God would deliver you from every trouble. It's also another fallacy. That God would deliver you from all your troubles. It's a very sad fallacy. But you need to understand this. Listen. It is not every trouble that God will deliver you from. There are some troubles. He will give you strength and grace to go through. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death what was the purpose of that? I will fear no evil, it was to destroy fear do you know that God does not promise you a smooth journey but he promises you a safe landing so between the journey and your landing process he doesn't tell you what's going to go on because some of you if he tells you you won't go and I was shocked seeing a verse in Isaiah chapter 42, the verse 2 now, this will bless you now Isaiah 43, the verse 2, sorry Isaiah 43, 2 now, he says, when you do what? when you pass through the waters I will be with thee and through the what? rivers, they shall not overflow thee When thou walkest through what? Now, did he say you will never go through the fire? He says when you go through, that means it will happen. When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. That means it is not every problem God delivers you from, but God gives you strength and grace to go through some of them. Finally there, crying is a sign of weakness that's the next fallacy in fact anybody I've never seen crying I fear you pastors cry oh yeah I'm telling you unfortunately people there are pastors who who, who think when they show show that it's a sign of weakness the Bible says mourn with those who mourn Jesus even wept who says that crying is a sign of weakness now we have to delete that fallacy because it is not true crying is a sign of being human it is part of the responses when we go through something we don't understand something that overwhelms us part of that response can be tears it doesn't mean you are weak so there are people who have kept so many things with them because they said when they they cry it will be as though they are not men who said that get this thing. Now, I will shock you with challenges that people have gone through which never destroyed them. I put something down. Can I read it to you? Now listen to this. Anyone that hasn't learned to face life challenges will never be placed on God's battlefront to advance his kingdom. Listen, when an army is giving charge to hold battalions of people to lead them to battle, it is because that general has a scar. So, scars are part of how God qualifies you to advance His kingdom. So, I'm going to repeat that again. Anyone that hasn't learned to face life challenges will never be placed on God's battlefront to advance His kingdom. Today I'm going to shock you with uh, Paul is the first person that had challenges, Apostle Paul. Second Corinthians. I'm going to show you the things that Paul went through, and as I'm showing you, you measure it with what you are going through. Look at Second Corinthians chapter eleven, the verse twenty-three. I, I was blown away. I said, "No, how can a, a single human being have all these issues, and yet this man is saying that I rejoice in Christ always?" and you are saying Jesus take my life look 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 he says are they ministers of Christ I speak as a fool I am more Uh in labors more abundant in stripes above measure you know stripes beatings in prisons more frequent in deaths often of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes minus one now 40 stripes by a Jewish whip. It was not a normal canes that they used to whip us. There was an instrument called flagrum or the cut of nine tails. Now, that instrument is a steady handle which, with nine outlets which had jagged pieces of broken bottles, lead, iron balls and aluminium on each piece. So, when they hold it and whip your back one, it's as though they have whipped you how many times? Nine. That's what they use for Jesus he said he received that particular lash 40 times by now that's 39 multiply 40 times 5 times 9 he received that as a Christian look at 25 he says thrice three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned Three times I suffered shipwreck. Night and day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of heeding. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils of false brethren. In weariness. In painfulness. In watchings often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. In cold. In nakedness. Beside those things that are without... That which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Now, look at the verse 29. He asked a question and laughed Who is weak? And me, I'm not weak. Who is offended? And I bear not. So he's saying, Look at your problem, measure it with mine. Me, I'm not weak. How can you be weak? That's what Paul is saying. How can you be weak? How can you say it's over? Abraham was childless for 25 years. That was a challenge. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold for 20 pieces of silver. That's the price of a slave. That's how they cheapen their their own brother. He became a houseboy falsely accused, cast into prison that was the challenge Joseph went through Ezra, Nehemiah, they had a challenge they had strong oppositions that came to them when they were trying to rebuild the walls and the temple David was attacked by Saul he had to run and became a fugitive in another man's land Saul tried several times to kill him that was a challenge The apostles had serious persecution, they were killed, some were cast into prison. The early church, look at what they faced. James was beheaded, Peter put in prison. Paul and Silas they were in prison because of their faith. They had challenges. One of my pastor friends caught me yesterday, was sharing me some challenge he went through. I said, Wow, I'll preach with this message tomorrow. His wife delivered. Some four days later, they discovered that the child had joined this. And his own was serious. They placed the child on that machine that will help the child. When they placed the child on the machine, it rather worsened from 260 to 290. While the problem was being solved, the wife started bleeding 40 minutes and the wife collapsed, went off. Apparently, her blood has reduced from 10 to 3. Why? Because the midwives left the placenta in her womb. which was actually a death issue. Whilst he was trying to put things together, his phone fell into water so he could only receive call. He can't make call. At the same time, his car bonnet broke into two. At the same time, his house was flooding. At the same time, robbers have stolen from his, uh, uh, from his new house he was building. All the cables there. Within three days, all these things happened to him. And they said he has to bring blood, he has to bring eight tons of blood for the wife he said that he was broken he was broken he was broken and I was wondering so now even so, when it happens that way you are in the most dangerous time of your life now you'll be thinking of who to put the blame on so in this problem so no church member called me face it you have to be very careful at that time all kinds of thoughts was coming through his mind and then he just relaxed and said it is well guess what after three days God solved all that problem his child is to- totally healed the wife has recovered everything has come back again it was temporary but what he said was that he has let he says there is nothing you ever see and fear again there was a time David lost his wife lost his children lost uh, his uh, army lost everything he had and he lie down, started crying. You know what the Bible said in First Samuel 30, verse 6. Look, you have to learn to do this. The Bible says, And David was greatly distressed. So even King David had a challenge. Bro. For the people spake of stoning him. Hey! Because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and for his daughters but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Listen, listen don't wait for encouragement from people you may never get it and if you don't know how to handle that you become bitter. Encourage yourself in the Lord someone says when people have problems they discuss with the pastors. When the pastor has a problem who does he discuss with? Sometimes it is out of pain we are preaching. Out of lack we are preaching. So, how do we have to encourage ourselves? Sometimes the only trophy we have to carry home is the fact that we bless people and we saw people smiling again. That's the trophy we carry on. Nothing else. He encourages himself in the Lord. Tell someone, learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Look at Job one day lost his children, lost his properties, lost his businesses. The Bible says sat down. But I love something the Bible said that Job did not do in the midst of this challenge. And every Christian must learn this. The Bible says in Job chapter 1, the verse 20, to watch that. All these issues that came, look at what happened. He says, in all this, in all this, In fact, when you read from the verse 12, the Bible says, while he was speaking, this happened, while he was speaking, Amrabes attacked the the children, killed all of them. As he was speaking, he lost all. While he was speaking, so while they were telling him the news, another news came. And the Bible says, in all this, Job sinned not. Meaning that challenges when not checked carefully can make you sin. it can make you sin look, not changed God nor charged God foolishly that means you must be careful of charging God for challenges if you say you are God look at what you have done to me listen, God is God he is God all by himself self existing he can choose to do what he wants and we have to acknowledge that He says, in all this, Job said not. When I read it, I said, wow. In all this. Tell somebody, in all this. Come on, in all this. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. In fact, they had challenges because of obedience. Sometimes in the act of obeying God, that is when you have challenges. I heard of one young guy who was Building his own cell. And his cell members were growing. He was visiting them every time. On his way to one of the visits. A car knocked him down. And he died. This is where a lot of... We are going to see how wicked or good Christians are. They are going to say, Hey. On his way to go and do visitation. The work of God. And God knocked him down. Have you ever, in an attempt to do God's work or do something great for God, something happened to you? One time, this prophet here, after, he, I don't know whether it was 40 days fast or something, one of the first things he finished, after long prayers, so he was on, on, his, on his way going, and then uh, people came from Motus, hey, <laughs> fresh <laughs> foam. Took it away just like that. And he called me. He said, Papa, I give you a phone no. They say, Ah, and Papa will bring you a your phone. But guess what? Within three days he had two phones. So God wanted to change his phone just for the fun of it. <laughs> you see, some of you the challenge you are going through and God wants to change your level. Simple. Learn to eat challenges. In John chapter 16, verse 33, the Bible says, These things have spoken unto you that in me ye might f- have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, problems, challenges. But be of good share, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. I read of an account of one man called Horatio Spafford the one who sang this song it is well it is well with my soul with my soul it is well it is well with my soul He was a lawyer and a businessman. His business was doing very well. He was there. They told him that portions of his major business had collapsed. He lost his son who had pneumonia, died. Within that same time, his wife was traveling to go and meet them. All their four children, gone, died by drowning because the ship crashed. And lost all these people within one day. He sat down and started singing. It is well it is well. That song you'll be singing it was sung from someone's pain. With my soul, with my soul. It is well. It is well. With my soul. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. When peace lies now look at the words go beyond the song way. when sorrows like sea below roll whatever my Lord, thou hast taught me to say it is well well with my soul. One more time, again. It. it is well. It is well. It is well. We are saying now to that challenge. With my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well. It is well. With my soul. Let's finish this thing what you need to understand when a challenge hits you now this is the final part of this teaching and I think it's the most important part of this teaching because I'm giving you a, a, a solution anytime something happens to you you go and check a results everything was D relax mm. I didn't get this thing no be careful you know I I don't know if you heard some shooting that took place in Texas. Right? There There was one of the teachers that was shot dead. When the husband heard the news in shock he fell down and died. So, they had four children. The four children lost father and dad almost the same week. Do you know that if you don't learn how to handle shocking news it can affect you. These are the things you're going to do or you're going to understand when a challenge hits you. Number one, you must know that God is with you always, that Jesus is with you always. Now, look at Joshua, first of all, Matthew chapter 28, to the verse 20. Let's do it quickly. Matthew 28, the verse 20. He says, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Now, this is something you must convince yourself. You may not see Jesus standing with you and says, this is me. No. You must know that by revelation, that's faith, that God is always with you, even in the midst of your challenge. Listen, sometimes the challenges you are going through may not make sense. Why? Only me, only me. Why? Why? it may not make sense but what must make sense to you is that God is with you always. Now look at Joshua 1 verse 9. Joshua 1 9 quickly. Now he says "Have, have, have, have not I commanded thee be strong and of good courage. He's telling him to be strong. That means he was encouraging a new leader that was coming to office and what he said to that new leader was be strong and of good courage that means you can never be in leadership you can't lead anything in your life if you're not strong and of good courage that means boldness listen boldness does not mean the fear is not there boldness means you overlook it there are times you are afraid but you are bold so he says neither be not dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go and that same confession is about your life also now look at Deuteronomy chapter 31 the verse 6 he says be strong and of good courage fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God it is he that doeth go with thee and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee you have to you have to know this he's with me Isaiah 41 verse 10 Isaiah 41 10 now look at that he says fear not thou for I am with thee be not dismayed I am thy God I will strengthen thee and I will help thee and I will uphold thee with thy right hand of righteousness so anytime you have that challenge you have to remember this you, you have to know this and you have to pray with it the Lord your word says that you are with me the moment you are doing that you are building faith and it's so critical, because listen, anytime you allow challenges to overwhelm you, what happens is that you're your spirit and your Christian life cannot flourish. Quickly number two, you have to know that challenges make us stronger and tougher. Into brackets, challenges refines our faith and help us to grow. Challenges. Helps us to grow and refines our faith. Listen, there's an account of you know the eagle, right? When the young eagle is being trained to fly, the mother will carry the eagle to the highest point and drop the eagle. The young eagle. And the eagle will be mama, mama. In that he will learn how to fly. Right, because if you don't fly, you die. you know what the mother is telling a young uh, 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 eagle? What's the name of uh, a young eagle? Eaglet. Eaglet. Uh, they're, they're it well. I'm hearing some things there. Because listen, listen, there's a difference between an eagle and a chicken. You see, some of you are eagles, you are behaving like chickens, so God has to, God has to drop you so that you become an eagle. Because if you keep remaining as a chicken, you'll be used in the kitchen. <laughs> you are not meant for the. You are not. You are not meant for soup. You are meant to be in the earth. You are meant to be above. Have you ever seen anybody uh, frying uh, eagle meat before? So you were designed not to be fried. You were designed to fly. <laughs> Glory. So some of you are eagles, and God is looking at you. You on ground level, behaving like a chicken. So he will play like dummy. He will send telling, Boom. Then he say, Aye, boom. Aye, before you realize you are flying. <laughs> he will move you to fly because you don't belong there. So God uses look look at James First Peter chapter one, verse seven. You'll be shocked seeing this verse, 1 Peter 1 7. He says, The trial of your faith be more precious than gold, that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, God uses challenges to refine you, to make you a stronger believer. Oh, my goodness. Number three, let's do do quickly. Remember God's promises. Anytime you're you're facing huge challenges, remember God's promises. There are many of you who easily forget the promise of God. I can tell you about 90% of Christians forget petty scriptures that they remember some few days ago before they had a challenge. You have to remember the promise of God. For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You have to say that to yourself. Remember the promises of God. He shall give his angels charge over me. Remember the promises of God. Don't forget the things that God said to you. That's number three. You encourage yourself with these promises. Romans chapter 8, the verse 28. He says, we know, we know, we know, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God and to them that are called accord according to his purposes, we know. Number four, challenges are part of God's discipline process. Hebrews chapter 12, the verse 5 to 14. Many of you don't know that God disciplines his children and it is part. If you are not disciplined by God, God does not recognize you as his child. He recognizes you as a bastard. I was shocked when I saw that in scripture. Look, he says for you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son despiseth not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Look at the next verse. From whom the Lord loveth, he disciplines and scorched every son whom he receiveth. So some of you are in your scorching process. You are in your discipline process. God is working something in you. Look at the next verse. He says for if ye endure chastening, we are made to endure. God dealt with you as sons. For what son is he whom his father chastiseth not? Look at the next verse. He says, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof we are all partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. So if you are crazy you have never gone through challenge, I, 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 you are fake. Look at the next verse. He said, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us and gave us, and we gave them reverence. There are times your father selfishly corrects you in a way. Go and sleep when it's seven o'clock, when you know you want to watch Champions League. And he, because you he want to watch some other program. He says, go and sleep selfishly. He disciplines us wrongly. He says, even that we give them reverence. He says, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto our f- the father of spirits and live? So the purpose of discipline is so that you live. Next verse, he says, "For very de- for de- but for a few days, discipline us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit." So God allows challenges to become your profit. Quickly, let's finish this. In my time is up. Number five: No trouble or challenge is greater than he that lives in you. First John five three. Come to the verse 2. Come to the verse 1. Okay, count to 4. Let's see if it should be around 4 or 5. Good. He says, Whatsoever is born of God, that's what overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, in 1 John 4, 4, he says little children, ye are of God and ye have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, it doesn't matter the challenge. God wants you to know that the God that lives in you is greater than it. You see, unfortunately, if you magnify challenge above God, what you are saying is that you are worshipping that challenge. and You, you can't choose two masters. You can't serve two masters. If you are magnifying your challenge, you are Worshiping that challenge, ignoring God. Have you ever done a worship ceremony in the midst of trials? Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 37. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sorrow Listen, what the devil does not want you to see, does not want you to see is that you have been afflicted with a challenge and your faith is still standing. You are still going to church. You still love God. And nothing waved about your Christian life. When God sees that, he says, yeah, that's my boy. He boasts about you. He's proud about you. He's proud. Because he knows he has raised a son. Who can represent him? Who can stand for him? Look, he says, who? He says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He says, nay, in all these things we are what? Can you shout it like a conqueror? We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What number is that? What's the next number? Six. So we're going to seven. Number six. Okay. He that is born of God overcomes the world. In fact, I missed that one. I missed that one. He that is born of God overcomes the world. That's First John chapter five, verse four. Number seven. Let's do it quickly. Pray consistently in the midst of challenge. You see, today I'm going to give you a certain solution. Let me tell you. Why certain things seem not to be moving out of your life? And how challenges, why challenges keep multiplying in your life? Listen, God designed the Christian to rather pray more in the midst of challenge. <laughs> Prayer is how you go through agony. Please write that down. Prayer is how you go through challenge. So if you find a believer complains, hey, the things I'm going through, find out for if he's praying because the, the original way of going through challenge is prayer in in James chapter 5 the verse 13 he says is anyone afflicted he says let him pray look at Luke chapter 22 the verse 40 Jesus see at a point even dying became a problem accepting the fact he was going to die it was too difficult for him and an angel had to come and strengthen him and the Bible says in the verse 40 he says when he was at the place said pray ye that ye enter not in temptation the verse 41 quickly he says and he was redrawn from them about a stone cast and knelt down and prayed next verse saying father if thou be willing remove this cup from me nevertheless not my will be done but thy will next verse he says there appeared an angel from heaven and strengthened him next verse he says and being in agony he did what prayed more earnestly." so prayer is how a believer goes through a challenge so if you are going through something and you have not built prayer or a prayer life out of it what you are saying is that you don't want to leave it now this is a serious solution I'm giving to you if you miss this thing I'm telling you and you rather replace prayer with tears or worry or anxiety what you are saying is that you want to prolong your plight so prayer is the original way of going through agony Am I teaching good all right now last but not the least joy and peace are the believers weapons of strength in challenges romans 14 17. joy and peace are the believers weapon of strength in challenges for the kingdom of god is not meat and drink but righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost these are two weapons satan cannot predict what you're going through when he sees you going through something and you are still joyful you are still at peace the peace of god that transcends understanding you see we, we are supposed to be a shock to unbelievers we have serious challenge yet we are smiling we have serious challenge yet we are at peace and people are wondering ah aren't you the one that says so so and so happened to you yet you are at peace you are at peace And someone say, hey, what do you me how? Tell somebody to be at peace. Am I not, eh? trust in God's plan? What even when it doesn't make sense. Trust in God's plan, even when it does not make sense. Alright, so finally. Finally. Be on guard. Because it is very easy to hear Satan's voice when your challenges overwhelm you. Be on guard because it is very easy to hear Satan's voice when your challenges overwhelm you. Be on guard because it's very easy to do what? Hear Satan's voice when you are overwhelmed by challenges. You have to be very careful because it is, you see, the devil knows that you are more vulnerable when you are going through challenge. So that's when he brings serious thoughts to you. Thoughts of suicide. Thoughts of disassociating yourself from people that can help you. Thoughts of anger. Thoughts of pain. Thoughts of depression. Thoughts of suicide. He's going to bring all these things. Thoughts of failure. So you have to be very careful. Listen, if you allow challenges to overwhelm you, what happens is that the devil's voice becomes clearer. When you allow joy to take over, God's voice becomes clearer. God bless you. In the next one minute, just bow down your head. You want to pray. I don't know the challenge that you have as a stands now. I don't know what you're going through as a stands now. It may be a serious financial setback it may be that you've you've tried it seems nothing is just working in your life and all this while God is just drawing your attention so that you can be able to grow spiritually because he knows that when he lands you that multi million dollar contract he will lose you and maybe you have not even realized that in the midst of this challenge God is calling your attention so that your walk with him will become deeper you want to pray and tell God to help you discern the purpose of that challenge you are going through if it is demonic i stand as a prophet of god and i lift that burden off you right now as you are praying if it is part of god's plan for you you are praying the lord if it is to strengthen me give me grace to go through Maybe you've been so overwhelmed by that challenge that now you are, you are considering losing your faith. You are considering never to be part of a church again. You are considering that this and this is what I'm going to do to myself. God is speaking through my lips. This is not Reverend Isaac the Purple speaking. This is the voice of God speaking through me to you. It doesn't matter that challenge right now. You are before Jesus. He said he's with you always. Tell him about it. That Jesus, I need your help. I'm almost backsliding because of this issue. Help me. Help me. You are glorious. Come on. The next one minute. So glorious in your ways. No matter what the, the ways of God are, it's too it's glorious. For you are glorious. So glorious in your ways. Come on, just 30 seconds more. For you are glorious, so glorious in your ways. If you're here, you don't know Jesus Christ. As your head is bowed down, You just want to say these words after me if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God is giving you an opportunity. You don't need to stand up, even. Just say these words after me. As the saints are still praying, if you're here, you want to receive Jesus, you're going to say these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need your grace. I believe that you died for my sins. You were buried and God raised you from the dead on the third day to be a life giver. I receive you today. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Come and live in my heart. Transform me. Make me whole again. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're a child of God if he said this. The Lord bless you. In Jesus' name.